0: When I was growing up and for most of my life, the most quoted verse of the Bible was John 3.16. But that is not the most quoted verse in the Bible now. The most quoted verse in the Bible is found in Matthew chapter 7 from what we'll be looking today, Matthew chapter 7, and really it's not the most quoted verse, it's the most quoted two words, judge not, and you will hear that, you will say that, and it it is the most popular verse in the Bible. And today we want to help us understand the context of what this verse is saying. Help us to understand the application of it in our in our personal lives and and to see how this actually is to work out in life. So, both this morning and this evening we will be dealing with this aspect but let me let me read the context again this is in near the end of the sermon on the mount in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 1 Jesus begins delivering a message to his disciples he went up into a mountain and his disciples gathered under them and he opened his mouth and taught them saying And Matthew 5, 6, and 7 are Jesus' sermon that He gave on the mount to His disciples. And laid down principles of life, of godliness. Often He said in this sermon on the mount, You have heard that it has been said by them of old time." And he was talking about the Old Testament, thou shalt not kill. And then Jesus said, but I say unto you that if a man is angry with his brother without cause, he is guilty of murder. And so, and there were many times he said, you have heard that this is what was said. This is now what I'm saying unto you. Jesus Christ didn't come to destroy the law. He came to fulfill the law. And, and he did completely fulfill the law. So this is all in this context, speaking to his disciples and to the multitudes that were gathered there. And he then, in, in chapter 7 and verse 1, begins another topic. And you will find through the Sermon on the Mounts, there will be many different topics that he brings up. In Matthew 7 and verse 1, I'll read beginning in verse 1 and we'll read down through verse 5. Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged, and with what measure you use it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye, and look, a plank is in your own eye? Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So Jesus gives an illustration, and he instructs here, uh, one translation translates the first verse, do not judge or criticize or condemn others so that you may not be judged and criticized and condemned yourself. As we said, this is a very popular verse that's quoted, and most of the time, It's quoted in this mindset, judge not. Maybe don't you tell me what to do, or maybe it's, no, don't you give any indication, opinion one way or another on this situation, judge not. I, I always find it interesting when someone says judge not, they're judging you that you're judging. Did you ever think about that? So we're all hypocrites then, right? And really, that's Jesus Christ is dealing with, I want there to be true religion, true godliness, true Christlikeness, not just in an outward appearance. And he, he's dealing with a number of things through the Sermon on the Mount. And then he comes here and he deals with this. So, what is it that Jesus was teaching here? We know, first of all, that Jesus taught there is right and there is wrong. The entire Sermon on the Mount sets forth, this is right and this is wrong. We live in a day today that, Your right is your right, and my right is my right, and don't you judge my right, because it may be different than your right, and my right's just as right as your right. And you say, that's very confusing, and that's the world that we live in today. But Jesus Christ taught there are definite things that are right, and there are definite things that are wrong. He is not teaching here... A universal acceptance of any teaching or a universal acceptance of any lifestyle or a universal acceptance of anything. We know from the big picture of things of Jesus' life and ministry that he most definitely taught there are things that are right and there are things that are wrong and that has never changed and it never will change. And, and he spells it out. Now, do we get those things mixed up sometimes? Absolutely. And we end up calling things that are right, wrong, and sometimes we call things that are wrong, right. But the, Jesus is not saying there is, there is no universal truth, um, so don't you judge anything or anyone that whatever they believe, that's good. No, Jesus taught there is right and there is wrong. Now, Jesus also taught that we cannot know a person's motive, nor can we interpret the desires of their heart. So, He is teaching, since I do not know their motive, and I do not know the desires of their heart, I cannot judge their motives. We are forbidden to judge the motives and the attitudes of others because, unlike God, we are not able to discern the thoughts and intents of the heart. First Samuel 16 and verse 7 says, Man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. This verse has had a profound impact on my life and still does have a profound impact on my life. Because there are are many things that come up in life that we may not know. There are many injustices in life that we say that just isn't right, or this doesn't seem right. 1 Corinthians 4 and verse 5 says, Therefore judge nothing before the time until the Lord comes, who will bring to light the hidden things of darkness, and reveal the counsels of the heart. Then each one's praise will come from God. You notice what it says. God will... And he alone will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and he will make manifest the counsels of the heart. For that reason, we can't sit in judgment on a person's motives. Nor can we attempt to say, I I know why he did this. We don't know. We We don't, even as much as as intimately as you know your husband or wife or the person closest to you, we don't know what's really in their heart. But God does. So, we're, we're laying a foundation here to see what He's teaching. Throughout it, Jesus taught there is right and there is wrong. There are areas of our life, our heart, our motives, our intent, that, that we can't look on, but Jesus did teach in the Sermon on the Mount and throughout his other ministry, thirdly, that we know people by the fruit of their lives. Notice in the, in the same passage, Matthew chapter seven, verse 15. He says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. And he goes on and he says, You can't gather grapes of fig trees, and you can't get good fruit out of an evil tree. By their fruits you shall know them. We've just studied First and Second Peter on Wednesday nights. And in those letters, he said, Beware of false prophets. And he said, Here's are the sign of false teachers. And he lists those signs. And he's, what he's telling us, Beware of, you have to make a judgment here. Is this person a false teacher? Or is he a teacher of truth? And the way that you know that, is by their lives, by their fruit. We're not going to take the time, but you go in and read Second Peter, and he gives a whole list of the characteristics of a false teacher. And And what Jesus is giving the intent, he is saying, you need to judge by the fruit of their lives, by their actions. We, we don't know their heart. We don't know their intent. But Proverbs 20 and verse 11 says, Even a child is known by his doings. Jesus said in John seven twenty four, Judge not according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. What does he mean? So we say, wow, In in John 7, he says, don't judge according to appearance, but judge righteous judgment. In Matthew 7, he says, judge not that you be not judged. So is he contradicting? No. In, In this passage in Matthew 7, he is saying, the same spirit and the same attitude with which you are judging other people, if you have a condemning, criticizing, looking for evil, unmerciful attitude, he says the principle of sowing and reaping, the same way you judge others, you are going to be judged. He said there is right and there is wrong. And he says throughout Scripture, I expect you to judge but I want you to judge righteous judgment. That means judge according to truth. This is what it is. This is what the Word teaches. These two don't match up. I have to come down on the Word of God. And this is what Jesus is teaching. He taught that the way that we judge others, we will be judged. And He taught, that we are to speak the truth. That we are to call evil, evil, and good, good. Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 15 says, He calls us to speak the truth in love. Why? Because, John eight thirty two. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We are called to make judgments based on the Word of God. We are called to make judgments. Yes, this is truth, and truth always brings liberty. And no, this is not truth. This is untrue, and falsehood always brings bondage. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So today we live in a day, don't judge. No, wait a minute. Is this truth or is it not? We have to judge. And it is important that we understand that, that we are called to discern the truth, to identify the truth, to live the truth. And Isaiah chapter 5 and verse 20, he says, Woe be to them that call evil good, And call good evil. So he says we must come down with truth. And that means you have to discern. You have to judge. Is this truth? Does this line up with the word of God? And so that means you have to discern. You have to judge. Yes, there's areas we can't. I don't know their motives. I don't know their intent. But this is by their fruits you shall know them. But notice in this passage, he says, this is in essence what he says. Why are you meddling in another person's life when you haven't first of all judged in your own life? Jesus taught we are to first of all judge our motives, our desires, our intents, and our actions to make sure that we are walking in truth. So he says, Why do you behold the moat or the speck or the splinter in your brother's eye? Oh, look, at he has this problem. And he says, And you have a beam in your own eye. You have a plank in your own eye. Now, if you were out weed eating... And got a piece of grass in your eye and you couldn't get it out. And you went to the doctor to have him help you get it out. And he came in and his eyes all matted up and he's got stuff in his eye and he's, he's stumbling around. Oh, what can I help you with today? You'd say, no thanks. I'm going someplace else. Jesus is teaching. He's he's not saying never have any judgment. He says, We are to first of all begin with ourselves and bring our life to the word of God and say, God, this that I'm seeing, first of all, how does it apply to me? And take care of the beam. Isn't it amazing? We usually see the beam in their eye and see ours as a speck. God says, no, the beam's usually in our life. And the biggest issue is in our life. And he says, first of all, take care, remove the plank, remove the beam from your own eye. Then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. What Jesus is dealing with in this is hypocrisy. Here, let me come and help you. Help me. Help yourself. Why don't you? And Jesus is saying, Let's, let's apply the truth to our life, first of all. He's not saying you should never go help a brother. He's saying, first of all, apply this truth in your life. And he's dealing with hypocrisy, and he's dealing with the reality of this, and he's coming down and saying, it is important for us to understand that the truth must first of all be applied to us. And to even to pray, God, show me my sin because we are, we are deceived. Our hearts are deceitful and desperately wicked. And we can rationalize our sin. We can excuse our sin. We can deny our sin. And we all do that. And if you're sitting here saying, no, I don't, you're already deceived. All right. And we need to pray, God, cleanse my heart and purify my life. And Lord, help me to judge my life. And then he says, then I, then you can go and help your brother. See, he didn't say, don't ever, never judge. He says, no, start with yourself and then you will be able to see clearly and go and help your brother also walk in victory so nowhere is he saying that you should should never judge every day of our life we make we make discernments we make judgments and the ultimate goal of his teaching here is To do away with hypocrisy, first of all, deal with as a believer, apply the truth in my own life, and then you'll be able to be strong and have a clear eye to be able to come help a brother walk in truth and help him get the speck out of his own eye. And when we walk in truth, we'll be helping each other to walk in victory. You notice he says then you will see clearly to help remove the speck from your brother's eye then you will be able to exercise judgment toward others you will do it in humility you will be able to help bring correction you will but first of all remove the log out of your own eye does it mean you have to be perfect no It means you have to be blameless. There's a major difference there. Blameless means when you've done wrong and are made aware of it, you correct it and make it right. And you can have a clear conscience. And then you can see clearly to go and make things right. Now, it's important for us to understand in this society that we live in today, this postmodern, post-Christian, really, society that we live in today, it's easy to understand why the first two words of this are latched on to judge not, don't you judge me. In part, some of it has come about because of hypocrisy in Christians' lives. And we have, because we've swung the pendulum one way in regard to hypocrisy, they're swinging it the other way, and it's now, don't you judge me, don't you tell me what to do. That's in part why it's so prevalent today. Another part is because there is this embracing that any truth is truth. Your truth is truth to you. And your truth is truth. Well, how can that be? They're diametric. I don't know how it can be, but we're going with it. That's the world's. That's the world's philosophy today. But no, there is the exclusivity of the Word of God that God says this is truth, and this is foundational to Christianity because. This is the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by me. And people say, well, um, I, don't, I don't believe that. Well, this says then that if you do not come through Jesus Christ, as we sang this morning Bearing shame and scoffing rude, in my place condemned he stood, sealed my pardon with his blood. If we've never applied Jesus Christ to our life, we will be condemned and separated from him forever. Well, I don't believe that, someone might say. Well, then you will be separated from God. You are not a believer. Don't judge me. It's not a matter of judgment. It's not a matter of condemning. This is truth. And either you embrace truth or you do not. And so Satan, in his deception to lead many people astray, has brought up the judge not doctrine to keep people from even discussing anything about this. Don't judge me. This is, this is the way I live. Well, the fact of the matter is, we need to understand it's not us that's going to judge. It's God that is going to judge. And someday, every one of us will stand before God. And He knows every thought of our life, every intent of our heart, every detail of our life. And we will find out that there is truth, that He is the way The truth and the life. And what we've done with Jesus Christ will have eternal consequences. And this is why it is so important that we, for example, take the Gospel of John... And give it to people and, and give them an opportunity for the Spirit of God to say, Hey, why don't you pick that up and read that? And for the Spirit of God to lead them that you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. This is why it's so important. Because someday everyone will give an account to what they've done with Jesus Christ. So, in understanding this aspect of judge not, we are called to make judgments. God calls us to discern, is this truth or is this error? Is this of God or is this not of God? Is this the Spirit or is this the flesh? All throughout life. He commands us, walk in the Spirit. Well, I need to make I need to make a judgment. Is this walking in the Spirit? What is an evidence of walking in the Spirit? It will produce love and joy and peace and long-suffering. Is this walking in the Spirit, this judgment? I, I'm about ready to say this to this person. Is it putting on the bowels of mercy and kindness and humbleness of mind and meekness and long-suffering? Is that what it, Everything we do, we have to make judgments. Is this of God or is it of the flesh? We've heard over and over again, only two choices on the shelf. Pleasing God or pleasing self. And it's, and it's understanding every day you are called by God to make judgments. And he says, first of all, make the judgments in your own life. When's the last time you personally sat down and said, God, I want you to show me my sin. I want you to show me the beam that is in my eye. I want you to show me the speck. Lord, I want you to show me where I am not right. This is what Jesus, he says, don't go jumping into other people's lives First of all, start here, and once you start here, then God will give you direction in ministering in other people's lives. He'll give you wisdom to recognize that is of God, and that is not. You read Romans chapter 1, and Romans chapter 1 clearly delineates what happens to a people when they no longer seek truth. And he spells it out, and you see it happening in our society today. And that's why it's important for believers to be have a renewed commitment to truth and to make it, first of all, apply to my life. God, am I manifesting the spirit that you want me to manifest to these people? Am I manifesting to my wife the spirit that you want me to manifest Am I manifesting to my husband? Am I providing to my children an example of of truth? I need to make these judgments. I need to discern this. Lord, is this truth? Because the way that we live and the way that we make these decisions daily in our lives will determine how we will be judged. The point is, someday we will be judged. And it matters what we do here. So when Jesus says, Judge not that you be not judged, for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. Think of it, if you have a condemning, criticizing... Negative spirit. Is that how you want to be judged? I don't know about you. I need all the mercy I can get. And he said in the same sermon on, on the mount, unto the merciful, I will be merciful. And so it begins, first of all, in our life. And then we will have the Spirit to go and help a brother or a sister to victory in their lives. So understanding, it all comes down to truth. It all comes down to the reality. Am I embracing truth? Am I desirous of truth? Do I have a passion for truth? First of all, in my life. It's easy to get, I have a passion for truth and I can tell them what they're doing wrong and tell them what they're doing wrong and tell the government what they're doing wrong and, and that's truth. No, first of all, apply it here. Then he will give direction. First remove the beam out of your own eye. Then you will see clearly to be able to remove the speck out of your brother's eye. God, we desire that you would help us to be authentic. That you wouldn't have to say of us, you hypocrite. But that we would apply the truth, first of all, in our own lives. And continually, daily, moment by moment, that we would be desirous, of discerning and judging what is truth. And that we would embrace it, that we would submit to it, that we would love it and obey it, and in so doing we would be loving and obeying you. And Lord, I pray that we would have wisdom from above to make, These judgments to be discerning. And Lord, I pray that even today there would be individuals that would discern, you know what, my attitude hasn't been that which is of God. My speech, my use of my time. Lord, whatever it is, would your Spirit make it personal in our lives? And Lord, I pray if there is one person here today who has never called upon you for the forgiveness of sin, Lord, I pray today that they would call upon you and come to know the joy of our sins forgiven and walking in truth. So Lord... Give us wisdom from above, and then empower us to live the truth, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.